Welcome to another Summerford Associates podcast. My name is Bill Balfour, Cybersecurity Strategy Advisor at Summerford Associates. Today's podcast is a customer case study, and joining me is Graham Dawes from Specsavers, who is the ITSM Platform Manager for Service Performance. Let's begin. Well, Graham, thank you very much for uh, taking time out in your busy schedule. Um, so for the audience that are around uh, that are listening today, um, can you just describe your, your, your role within Specsavers and a bit more about Specsavers for those of us that don't know? So yes, uh, Specsavers is a household name in the UK, so I should think most people listening will recognise the name. Um, but what you might not know is we operate globally, so we are number one in countries like Australia. Uh, we've recently expanded into Canada, um, and we do more than just sell glasses. So we uh, do domiciliary, which is um, eye test in your home or you know outside of the store. We also sell hearing aids um, in our audiology department, and we do enhanced optical services. That's kind of medical grade medical stuff on your eyes that's for our new medica um new medica subsidiary that, that, that looks after that um but we don't just sell the glasses um we manufacture them so specsavers has got several manufacturing sites globally um we we glaze the glasses and we distribute that to the shop so it's, it's real end-to-end um that we own and we've also got back office functions so just traditional back office functions things like HR, IT, um, finance, things like that. We've got it's quite a large company, um, probably three to five thousand in the back office, um, and up to thirty to forty thousand in all our stores globally. Um, so my particular role at Specsavers is is ITSM platform manager. Um, that's a, a fancy title, and it, it basically means I look after a number of the tools used by our global operations team. Things like uh, things used for automation and monitoring, um, of which Splunk is one of them, which is why we're here today. Um, I've been at Specsavers for coming on, I think it's 12 years, just gone actually. Um, been in various roles, and I've moved into this, my latest role, the platform manager role, about two years ago. Um, but I've been around Splunk since we used the, since it was introduced to Specsavers, which I think is about five years ago now. Wasn't responsible for the introduction, but um, was there at the early days. So I've, I've seen how it's grown throughout, throughout that time. Oh, that's great. Thank you very much for your uh, your intro there, Graham. That's uh, much appreciated. So, um, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, like I think for my notes, uh, the relationship between Specsavers and Summerford kind of goes back to mid-2019. Uh, so that's what, yeah, four or five years ago, almost now. Yeah. Um, so how did, uh, you know, how, how did Specsavers kind of realise that they needed some sort of service intelligence for the, the kind of platforms and the service management components, you know, and, and what actually drew them towards Splunk? So it originally started looking for um, something to help analyse and aggregate all our logs, really, probably how most people started. We didn't know at that stage about things like ITSI. Um, it was more, we had lots of different monitoring tools for things like availability and service health and stuff like that. Um, but we didn't have anything with logs. We didn't pull logs in centrally or anything like that. Um, so we joined up with the InfoSec team, who obviously looked through logs for security events and things like that. And it was, and Splunk was selected to uh, to start aggregating the logs across mainly the UK to begin with, but we are now global in terms of how it's used. Cool. So, so it's more of like, a, you know, it was a collaboration with uh, another function within Specsavers. And then it was kind of like looking at trying to consolidate the, the tool sets and the information that was coming in. 
Definitely. So, um, yes, because there's, there's a lot of overlap. It's the same logs, really, that operations teams are looking at, that the InfoSec guys are looking at. Um, so there's a lot of overlap on there. We, we don't want to um, ingest things twice. You know, one tool for InfoSec and one tool for us. Um, it made sense just to have all of that aggregated in one place. Um, it's over time that um, we've introduced or started making use of the other services within Splunk. So to get those logs in, um, we ended up deploying agents everywhere across all our servers. Um, but the agent can do a lot more than just ingest logs. It, we, it can run scripts to you know, query a database or something like that. Um, but it can also, through the TAs that you can get from Splunk base, you can start putting in metrics from those devices. So CPU usage, memory usage, all things like that. So from what started us, that's just building logs. Um, we quickly saw as the product developed um, and some of it was there from day one, we just didn't use it. We, we could start filling, we could start using Splunk to replace other tools that we had. So other legacy monitoring tools, Splunk could do that out of the box. So why, why pay twice for them? Yeah, oh, definitely. You know, it's uh, you know everybody's been penny pinching at the moment, especially with the current economic climate. So, uh, so, so you mentioned uh, out of the box. So, are you predominantly an out of the box uh, functionality, or is there like a fifty-fifty split with like customization, or have you just kind of tried to keep it simple? We we try and keep it as simple as much as possible, but it's not it's not always possible because a lot of our legacy systems are, are custom, and you know you can't just download something from Splunk Base to go and start and interrogating something that we've developed internally within spec savers um but for things products like itsi that we've now heavily moved to use so we're monitoring all of our um services through itsi we have had to customize some of that through the help of summerford so um for context we now use a splunk itsi for all of our 24 7 monitoring across this this state it's across the whole of the uk um, and our northern europe territory and we've recently on board of the Australia. So we're starting to migrate them into um, all of their infrastructure and TITSR as well. And how, how we're doing that sure. is the custom, custom, customizations we've needed um, are things around availability monitoring. So ITSR is very good for um, data that's constantly variable. So, if, you know, imagine a, um, a CPU data is the easy one. It, you're constantly getting a flow of data that's that's giving you a value and that value changes every 30 seconds or whatever interval you're collecting at. Really good for that. Um, but because we wanted all of our RTSI mon monitoring to cover everything, you know, service up or down, things that are on or off, kind of binary answers, we've had to customize slightly to use the KPI features. I know there's other there other means for it, but um, other approaches you could take. But what we've tried to do is use things like deep dives and the service trees to display everything we're monitoring about a service so we'd like to see that kpi view if even if it's just showing a one or zero for server on or off um that's that's the customization we've done okay cool so so that you, you mentioned there about uh you know like get, getting that sort of kind of overview or of your kind of services or your service uh, processes um so when so what would be your you can kind of typical you know um incident response how would you use splunk to maybe can it assist you and can it get into the root cause so so we use um the alert and episode screen for all, all, all of our alerting um and then that will integrate with other tools like service now to create an incident but how we've done it is each service that we've mapped we haven't mapped a whole estate yet although all the infrastructure's in it's not necessarily grouped as services yet 
um, there'll be a number of KPIs within that, and it could be a, a business KPI around um, you know, orders flowing into a particular manufacturing site, down to the health of the infrastructure that's underneath it. We tier it as business application, and then um, kind of infrastructure there. So all of our trees have the same three or four lanes in them. Um, and within each service, there'll be a number of KPIs that we we can turn on or off for alerting. So there might be some KPIs that we're not interested in alerting on. They're just they add context around an incident. Um, so we we've been able to use the tagging feature for the ITSI to when we want to alert off something, we we tag it with ops bridge. That's our knock, but it, it basically means if it's got an ops bridge tag, alert into the ops bridge, and that's the episode screen. Um, and by turning that on. That will create an alert into um, the episode screen. The ops bridge can pick that up, resolve it within there, or escalate through the connection to service now if needed. Okay, so you've got that kind of that integration to the external ITSM tool called Service Now, which is uh, yes. you know, which, which, which most organisations, large organisations, have these days. Um, those kind of serve this those service management tooling, but that, well, that's great. It's great to hear. So. Um, I think probably a bit of a tricky question is that you know we we know, we know Splunk is not cheap, yeah, um, yeah. and uh, we 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 know that sometimes actually justifying it to uh, the the leadership team or, or the or the senior management team, you know, was was there any drive to get quick wins from from the Splunk solution or was it just let let's embed it and let's kind of organically grow? Um, so. So we've done probably two or three renewals since we've been with Splunk, um, and it is it's getting harder. Um, so initially we we had quite a small um, Splunk instance. We're only probably ingesting about 50 gig of logs, you know, tiny really. Um, but through those that initial use case that we deployed, just aggregating logs and then using it to monitor infrastructure, it was an easy sell because uh, we only needed a small amount of license, but we could decommission other tools that that meant. Um, you know, the, the grand total was less than having Splunk and that other tool um, operating at the same time. So the first few renewals, quite straightforward. We could show, um, we could use Splunk to decommission our legacy infrastructure, and in some cases, some of our ABM tools that we were using. Um, so that it was cost neutral. As as more people are using Splunk um, and and come up with more use cases obviously that demand is growing on it so it's it's kind of gone beyond the being cost neutral in terms of being able to remove other things to then adding more features more functionality ingesting more data onto it um during the covid times actually we had a, a renewal then but we were let me say it's fortunate or not but we had a, a, a real big focus on our supply chain site sites on there because um, it was a good opportunity to get monitoring fully across them um, and through the work we were doing I haven't got the figures in front of me now but we we saw an immediate impact on a reduction on um, major incident time to because we had our ITSI and our deep deep dives all defined um, when an MI hit you could quickly load up a deep dive you could see what led to that you could see what the cause of it was um, which is something we hadn't had before so that helped sell expanding our license that time yeah yeah I, I think that also helps you in your day job so i'm i'm assuming that you know at the end of the month you're the one that's in the hot seat giving your updates on the uh, service performance 
KPIs uh, to, to leadership. So, you know, ha- having those kind of deep dives, those quick um, reaction to uh, from alerting and uh, analytics uh, kind of helps you to deliver that message back to uh, the leadership team. So on the first, um, so, so on the second renewal, so the, the large one we did, um, we had, we could show that we were reducing major incident duration, and in some cases, not globally across the board, but um, some cases we actually were removing incidents. We, we were uh, preventing those MIs from happening in the first place purely because we had all the logs now coming in. We had uh, you know, business level KPIs to fire out all, all the infrastructure KPIs. We were monitoring a lot more. We were starting to prevent things from going wrong in the first place, which is an easy sell. It's quite areas such as manufacturing, you can quite quickly get a, you know, if you have one minute outage, it costs this amount of money. It's quite easy to do that. Um, so by having the figures to show the reduction in, P, in P1s and the reduction of duration of them, it's quite easy to relate to money straight away. And that that speaks for itself. As that's matured, um, there's only so much we can kind of grab in that space now. We're starting to expand into other areas. Um, the renewals are getting getting harder but i think at the moment we can we can still make a, a business case for them helps to have a comp- sure. bit of competition as well internally we have we have a few other tools that i'm sure splunk would love us to get rid of so uh um whilst we've got them they're still competitive on pricing yeah yeah that, 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 that's correct yeah it's always, always worth uh, having that in your back pocket i agree yeah. um so um so we just talked about uh, ITSI. Um, however, I, I believe you're now looking at going down the Ollie route, observability. Yes, yeah. So a lot of our ITSI uh, will, will be used with the Ollie suite and it's all the stuff we've done to date really has been kind of traditional IT infrastructure. You've got a database server, an application server and some ne- network resources. You can physically touch them in most cases. Um, we are a, an Azure first house. Everything we develop internally is is done in Azure, unless they don't have the functionality, but they, they in most cases they do. Um, so it's sort of the type of resources that you can't install a UF on. It's it'll be PaaS services. There'll be a, a SQL a PaaS service on this. You can't physically install an agent on there. There'll be function apps that again are just um, pieces of code running that you can't install agents on. That type of um service and infrastructure doesn't really lend itself to ufs and, and the kind of traditional splunk world um which is when we started with a trial of uh, the splunk observability suite i think signal fx is it when we first saw it um yeah. and that allows us to pull all from the azure apis and metrics and, and things like that. we can pull in so much information that we just couldn't do that easily before um it also produces all the graphs for you as well straight away so traditional splunk you normally unless you can find an app that's been developed you usually have to develop your own graphs um, the observability suite does all of that for you you pick a metric that you want to plot and it will plot it with, without much knowledge okay so, so are you looking to utilize you know the application performance monitoring yes. or even rum as well yeah definitely but, so that's the big sell recently, and that's um, was our biggest addition to, to our latest renewal. So we are um, we're developing our patient management system. It's going to be a cloud cloud first system. Um, it doesn't look anything like what we use today. Our in store, it's um, there's a physical server in every store running an instance of our 
patient management system. We are moving to a, a, a centralized version. Um, that, as you can imagine, is a very, very critical piece of software for running spec savers. We've sure. deployed APM all over it. So APM is in all of our staging environments um, and will be in production. And that allows, it's the developers love it. I keep asking them for tangible reasons why they love it, but they just seem to love it because um, it allows <laughs> them to focus really quickly on where the problem are, where the problem is. And the biggest thing that helps sell it, when we did the POC with Splunk, I can't remember when it was now, probably 18 months ago, um, it took about a couple of hours for one of the devs to instrument the code um, and within minutes of them spinning up that environment and just letting some data go through it we got a red line appear it was like, okay what's that red line um, and they didn't know and that was the probably the best answer we could have had really they didn't know and when they looked into it they said that would have taken us days weeks months to find we might have had to wait for someone to to log an incident to say that this particular service is slow and it pulled out a put the red line on and by drilling down into that red line they could see the line of code and i think it was related to some sql query or something in the background it could show you exactly what part of that query was causing it to go slow and they said that, that would have been finding a needle in a haystack um and after that we've kind of deployed apm across all the dev environments and it's it's massively helping with the quality that they're producing um and the, uh, we particularly pushed quite hard to get it in the dev environments before we're anywhere near production because if we can trap all of those issues while they're going through their testing cycles and performance testing they should never get into pod and in theory you could say we shouldn't need that software in pod because we've detected all the issues before we get there but um i think we all know there'll yeah. probably be something that hits us in pod so we'll we'll put it there as well the, 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 there always is but you know that that that's key to actually identify the issues early isn't it it's you know it's uh yes uh, it, it makes your job easier uh it makes you sleep at night um hopefully a lot easier um so but uh, before we go i just wanted to kind of cover off and i'd be remiss of me to kind of not not masking it so 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 how has summerford assisted you in the journey uh with uh splunk so summerford um have been there since the beginning um they massively helped with our itsi deployment so when we first Splunk and start using it. We had no internal knowledge, we had no training or anything like that. Sumford helped us fill that gap. Um, as we had initial use cases, they developed um, the, the dashboards, they developed ITSI for us, um, allowing us to kind of learn off of off of Summerford, but as well as you know, upskilling through the, the Splunk training academy and everything. Um, so they massively helped us get value quite quickly on some very specific use cases, network monitoring and Meraki was one of them. Um, but over the years, they've helped develop our ITSI instance as well. So we, we have now specialist internal. We've invested heavily in training and everything. Um, but the Sunford guys always, you know, they're probably just that one step ahead in terms of, of knowing what the tool can do and, um, and and the knowledge to implement it. So Sunford has helped develop our kind of alerting mechanism, sort of the customizations we had around more binary KPIs and things like that. They've put a easily repeatable um, customization in for that that is really simple for us to uh, template and use across all of our services and maintain um, and they've also helped massively on the seam so they helped um, implement various security use cases and, and develop that area um, and they also provide augmented support is what it's called but we um we've now moved we, we don't have specific use cases so much nowadays to give to Sumford. Um it's more having 
the backup of someone with deep Splunk knowledge and technical skills that we can call on as and when we needed. So for the augmented support, we get a couple of days a week of um, of a, a Summerford resource that can help either just perform health checks for us or we can just say, look, we've got this user story that's come in. Can you just go and develop it? And they can get that done in super quick time for us. Fantastic, Graham. That's it. Uh, that's good to hear that some of the first acts provide some value add there for you. Um, great. Thank you very much for your time. I think we can probably wrap this up unless there's anything else you wanted to highlight briefly. Um, if not, just for say thank you very much. Uh, I know you're a busy man um, and good luck with the uh, the Ollie um, and, and kind of getting that uh, into production into a a state that you're comfortable with, obviously with some of our help. And and I really do thank you very much for your time. Excellent. Thank you very much. That is it for this podcast. I would like to thank Graham for taking the time to talk to us today. If you would like to see our extensive library of podcasts covering a large number of Summerford partners, please check out our YouTube channel or visit www.summerfordassociates.com forward slash podcasts. You can also find us on the usual social media platforms. Thank you for listening.